This episode of the Series A podcast is brought to you by the Blockchain Founders Fund. The Blockchain Founders Fund is a global entrepreneurship and investment fund that focuses on adding value to emerging technology and blockchain projects with real-world applications. The Blockchain Founders Fund supports seasoned and first-time entrepreneurs across the key business function with a hands-on intensive go-to-market venture program. Our second sponsor is SGI Partners based in New York City. SGI Partners is a private investment firm that pursues compelling investment opportunities in middle market businesses. SGI has a flexible mandate to invest across the capital structure in control-oriented investments, ranging from strategic financing to buyouts, allowing us to implement innovative investment strategies that preserve invested capital and mitigate risk while driving growth and creating value. As an, inv- as an advisor to SGI partners, I help identify investment targets in my geographical area. Now on to this fantastic new episode. So we are here today with Vivin Hedge and uh, Vivin is head of corporate venture capital at the Hilti Group uh, based in San Francisco Bay Area. Vivin, uh, welcome to Series A, the podcast where we talk about venture capital and startups. Uh, good, to, uh, good to be here, George. Great. First, let me know if I mentioned correctly your uh, position at Hilti Group. And uh, then let's continue. Uh, if you can tell us about your background, a little bit about yourself and uh, what led you to your current position. So I, I lead the corporate venturing arm for North America uh, in Hilti. So I do have counterparts in Europe and Israel, uh, but that is what I do. Uh, I've been... In terms of my background, I've been with Healthy for about eight years now. Uh, I started back in Leeson's time, uh, where the headquarters is based. Uh, but before I get into my background, maybe a little bit of context about Healthy itself, uh, because not everybody on the podcast might know uh, the company. Uh, so Healthy is a construction tools and materials provider. So we look at we started in power tools, but we have moved into various other fields like uh, fastening materials, like anchoring. Uh, we look at measuring tools. We look at now new age solutions like OnTrack, which is asset management software. And off late, we've moved into areas like robotics and I, uh, exoskeletons and so on and so forth. So that's where Hilti comes from. We're privately owned with about $6 billion in sales, 30,000 people. So my personal journey in Hilti started about eight years back. Uh, in Leeson's time, where I joined the corporate strategy team. And then I spent a couple of years working on developing a software strategy, on the North America strategy, and a few other projects before moving into the Bay Area, where I joined the sales team. I led it for a couple of years and then set up the corporate venture arm about three years back. So that's my background in Hilti. Prior to Hilti, I was with McKinsey for, for about six and a half years, working on automotive, industrials, metals and mining. And that was a great journey as well. It took me to different continents. So I actually worked with McKinsey in India, in Southeast Asia, uh, Africa, Europe, as well as US. So uh, many different continents, many different experiences. So that was uh, an amazing time. And by background, I'm a mechanical engineer. I did my MBA in finance and economics. I dabbled in investment banking for a while. So I did spend some time at Deutsche Bank on the exotics desk trading uh, things for a while before deciding consulting is where I want to go. 
Outside of Hilti, I'm also an angel investor uh, and I work with the startup community very closely. So I'm a mentor at a couple of accelerator like Alchemist, Silicon Valley Robotics, and I'm also a board member at Fieldware, which is one of our portfolio companies. So that's uh, that's basically my background. Uh, so let's talk about the corporate venture arm that you said uh, you started three years ago at Hilti. Uh, was it your initiative, uh, Vivin? Was it something your uh, superiors asked you to do? Uh, this is something a board started thinking about. Uh, board was interested in making sure that Hilti stays engaged as we move into newer areas like robotics and IoT and uh, certain other topics. And we wanted to have our eyes and ears close to the ground. And that's why we wanted to create some outposts in different parts of the world where we could engage with the startups and then think about any kind of partnership, whether it's investments, whether it's pilots, whether it's acquisitions. So we were quite open in the mandate, uh, but we wanted to make sure we are very close to the community and we understand what new innovations are coming. So uh, it was led by some of the executive board members who basically asked me and a couple of others uh, to come and set up this uh, venture office. So uh, did they tell you like uh, you have a certain amount of uh, uh, assets in order to allocate to new businesses or tell, tell us um, how exactly corporate venture capital works? I mean, uh, do you did you have a fund or did you go out and uh, seek new technologies, new startups in order to invest in, and then you you sort of pitch those startups to, to your board or something. Uh, tell us so, how, how it works. So typically corporate venture could be either a separate fund in, uh, set up or they could be investing off the balance sheet or they could be a hybrid, right? So we invest off the balance sheet and we are strategic investors. So it's not that we are, investing just for the sake of investing. We are looking for te technologies which can benefit healthy, and then we find a collaboration model that's most suitable to us, whether that's in terms of investing, in terms of technology collaboration, in terms of uh, white labeling or channel partnerships. So any of these are feasible. So that's why anytime we take a decision to partner with a startup, it's always in conjunction with our business units. So it's not a pure play fund, which is driven by financial incentives. We are more driven by strategic objectives. So that's how we operate. Okay. Could you let us know some examples of uh, investments? Uh, so investments, uh, I mentioned Fieldwire, which is a project management uh, collaboration pl platform in construction. Uh, that's an investment that we made. We have another investment in a company called Canvas, uh, which is a drywall robotics company uh, in construction. So we have a lot of collaboration opportunity with them. We made a couple of acquisitions in the last couple of years. Uh, one is called Indoor Reality, which does reality capture, uh, for which can be used for progress monitoring. Another one was Concrete Census, uh, which helps estimate the concrete curing time. Uh, during construction processes. So these are some of the investments that we've done in the recent past. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, the one about the concrete. Um, so did you like invest a lot of money in it? Did you acquire the company? Yes, we acquired the company. We acquired the company uh, and they have been now integrated into the company with their 
the employees are healthy employees and that's partnership that's shaping up well for now. Mm-hmm. And um, how did you help mentoring these startups uh, within the healthy umbrella? So it's very, it depends on the stage of development of the startup. Uh, for very early start, uh, startups, it's very important to help give market validation to them, help them think through what the application is, the tech, uh, provide them technology support as and when required, or provide them uh, basically access to job sites to do their pilots, make introductions to both customers and also future funding sources in some cases. So at the very early stage, that is where we look at helping. As they mature a little bit more, we actually could be a pilot customer to some of them. Uh, we think about pilot projects that we could do together. So we are a test ground for some of the technologies uh, where it's helpful, right? If they even further mature where they have the product market fit and they are fairly well established on the product side, then we could be a channel partner because we have access to most construction sites in the world. We have 20,000 people in sales, so we can make a lot of introduction. We can have a lot of pilots with our customers when that happens. So depending on the stage of development, the mentorship and the support changes uh, with the startup. And in terms of valuation of these startups, do you bother uh, evaluating these uh, companies before you invest in them? Uh, or do you offer, say, an amount and, you, and it's either take it or leave it for the, for the founders of these companies? It's never take it or leave it. It's always a discussion. Uh, and the discussion is governed by the strategic importance to us, right? Uh, we have to understand what is the product, what kind of engagement do we need? Do we actually want to invest in them or not? We could always say we don't need to invest. We can just partner without investment. So that's also an option. But if you choose to invest, then we'll think about the valuation. That will be a discussion. We don't typically lead rounds, but if needed, we can do that as well. Uh, but all of this is contextual. It is very difficult to give you one answer, uh, but if it's important enough, then we'll always have a discussion with the startup. Mm-hmm. And what kind of uh, valuations are you talking about? Uh, for startups or in terms of investment on check size? On startups. It, it can vary. We look at low millions to double digit, sometimes even triple digit millions. Uh, so, but we'd rather talk to earlier stage startups rather than later stage startups. Mm-hmm. And as a corporate VC, do you have uh, carry or uh, management fees? Or uh, no, because we don't have because we don't have a fund. All of these things don't apply. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, Vivin, you mentioned you also do some angel investments and uh, mentor some uh, a couple of accelerators. Could you uh, elaborate on those uh, roles for us? So angel investing is more opportunistic. I do that as and when. It, it's only something I've been doing on a personal side for the last few years because I've been still close to the community and it's only with founders I know very well. So it's not, it's not a... It's not something I spend a lot of time on. It's something that is in as and when the opportunity comes up. Uh, with respect to the accelerators, 
uh, it's helpful to stay connected, right? I'll take a couple of examples. One is Silicon Valley Robotics. Uh, we have a lot of good robotics startups coming there and robotics is an area of interest for us. So spending time with the startups helps them develop the solution, but also helps me get access to more startups in that space. So it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Similarly, uh, with Alchemist, as and when any startup needs support, either in terms of thinking through the idea or in terms of introductions or just in terms of discussing Hilti collaboration, they reach out to me and I'm more than happy to help out anytime a request comes my way. So uh, these are uh, obviously engagements I take seriously, uh, but these are also things that are uh, opportunistic in some ways in, in the sense that I help them as and when needed. And uh, is Alchemist uh, only operating in your area? I think uh, it's actually quite wide. They have the major presence in San Francisco, but they have startups from all over the world, from what I understand. Uh, do you know what is the uh, average duration that the startup say, stays in Alchemist? And uh, I think it's how, how about the, the investment of Alchemist? I think the average duration is about six months. The investment terms have recently changed, I think, so I'm not aware of the exact investment terms, and I don't want to quote the wrong number here. Mm -hmm. Is uh, mentoring on a pure volunteer basis, or do you also invest in the companies? So right now, it's mostly voluntary. If the opportunity comes up, I could invest in them, but right now, uh, that is very case-based. And what, what are the main problems that uh, startups come, come to you for mentoring? Uh, the most important is the product market fit, right? Uh, understanding the application, especially in construction. Not all the founders are from construction. They come from outside. Understanding how it works, what are the workflows, who are the stakeholders, how to reach them. All of that is one aspect of it. The second aspect of it is construction is super fragmented. So not everybody has a good idea of how to scale in the space. So they have, there's a lot of question about go to market, uh, which I also discussed, right? Third is uh, the optimization of the product itself. Once you understand the workflows, you, you can't take a uh, approach where it's one size fits all, right? You have to basically create a product that benefits the specific segment that you're looking for. So there's a lot of question about product design that also comes up in these discussions. Mm -hmm. Have any startups in the blockchain space come uh, under your attention? There are a few in the blockchain space uh, where we've actually had discussions. Uh, DigiBuild is one which comes to mind. They're looking at creating a project management solution uh, based on blockchain. Starting small, they started with lean management, now they're moving to other areas and stuff. So that's one that comes to mind. Uh, there is, uh, there's a couple of other, uh, there's one called BricksChange, which actually pivoted and moved elsewhere. Uh, I think there's a couple more on the East Coast, I can't recollect the names, but there are three or four companies in a construction which are starting to look at blockchain. Mm -hmm. And uh, project management is a really big uh, aspect of uh, the construction business. Is that correct? It is. It is a big, big aspect it, because it's so complex. It's, it's definitely an integral part of the construction management program. Yeah. So has any startup tried to disrupt the, the way project management is being done all these years? I, there are, so... I would say the two parts to it, right? 
One is optimize, which is basically creating digital workflows where previously they were analog workflows. The biggest example is Procore. A Procore just IPO today, it's valued at more than $10 billion. So they're the market leader in this space and having new project management software, uh, which can actually move forward, right? Uh, then there are other smaller slivers of this. So if you look at Fieldwire, you look at PlanGrid, you look at a lot of other players who are taking specific aspects of project management and they are making it digital, right? The next level of this will be basically to say, okay, how do I use artificial intelligence to optimize the process completely? I don't think we are there yet, but we will get there in a few years. And there are a few startups like Konzai and Contilio and a few others who are trying to do the same. So this is going to happen sooner rather than later, but we are not there yet. Yeah, and I recently heard about a startup that builds houses or uh, or uh, i mean rooms uh, um using uh, 3d 3d printers uh, so for example one one of these systems could go on a, a war site and uh, build uh, within three days build like a house for soldiers or uh, have you heard about that do you think it's promising technology so there's actually a lot of startups in the space. Uh, Icon, Mighty Buildings, the two that are more fam I'm more familiar with in this space, but there's plenty more in that space where they're looking at 3D, uh, 3D printing technologies to build homes. And I think there's a lot of promise, especially when you think about building ADUs, when you think of building mobile units uh, in far-flung places, I think there's a lot of potential because it, it saves time and money, transportation of different kinds of material and so on and so forth. So it's definitely a promising uh, area for construction. Similarly, just like this, there's also modular construction. There's a prefabrication which is picked up. So offsite construction in general has also accelerated in the last few years. So between 3D printing and offsite construction, uh, there's actually a lot of change happening in construction right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vivin, let's go back to your experience with the corporate VC. And uh, mm -hmm. I would like to ask you, uh, in regular venture capital, uh, the fund, the GP has limited partners. In a corporate venture capital, as I understand it, the limited partner is only one, and it's the mother company. Uh, yes. what, what kind of uh, reporting and how, how tough is it to present the numbers, especially if they are not so so good in terms of uh, returns on, on so, the investments? So in our case, because the objective is more strategic than financial, we don't have a fund return number itself because each investment is looked at it standalone and each investment we make has to have a business case uh, behind it. So the justification for an investment is already made before the investment is made. And then how it works out is basically dependent on internal efforts as well in terms of bringing a solution, taking it to market and identifying the strategic benefit. So we do have quarterly updates in which you have to present which projects are going on, what is the stage, status of this project, how well has it done or not. But it's not like just financial numbers because financial numbers are sometimes are difficult to articulate 
know, because most exits take time and we're not really looking for exits. We are actually looking at for internal solutions and internal business advantage. So that is a harder problem to demonstrate. Uh, but I think as long as you can show strategic value and what are the benefits the organization has got from those collaborations, uh, I think it, it justifies uh, whatever actions we have taken. So from what you said, the, the goal of the startup is to be integrated in the, uh, say, conglomerate that is the mother company. But isn't it the goal of any of those startups to become a unicorn? It's a, so the twofold. Uh, the goal of Healthy is to make sure that we have some strategic benefits coming out of it, right? That does not mean the startup has to be integrated, right? The start, if you have a small investment, we could have a technology collaboration that helps Hilti bring a new product, right? Or we could white label one of their products as a Hilti product. We could leverage some component of the technology in what Hilti is doing, right? Or we could be a distribution partner. Any of that could be possible. So that's one path. The second path is where we completely acquire, like concrete census, right? We have completely acquired the company. Now the objective is to integrate and bring this product to the market. So there are two, and there's a third option where we don't invest at all, where we're just partnering and we are either a customer or a technology partner where we take the solution. In option A, of course, the startup will still want to have a billion dollar exit and it's good for our returns. And as long as we get some strategic benefits, we are good with that. Option two and three, we have full control of what we're doing, either an acquisition or a partnership. And there, it's the benefits are mostly driven by strategically how it how that has helped us. And in the portfolio companies that you have, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of uh, financial reporting is required from you? Uh, not significant amount of financial reporting is required. Uh, only in terms of uh, yearly report, in terms of what what are the valuation changes that have happened, but nothing much beyond that. It's mostly strategic reporting rather than financial reporting. Okay. Uh, Vivin, have you come across uh, traditional venture capital firms within your area? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot. Yes, we are actually investors in a couple of uh, venture. We are also LPs in a couple of venture funds. Oh, very nice. Uh, did you did you come close to this uh, process? I mean, did you become a, a part of the 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 LP uh, part of the equation yourself? Yeah. Did you see yes. how that works? <laughs> yes. Well, we actually led some of these investments as well. So everything from uh, making sure we made those investments to managing those relationships to also ensuring that we get strategic benefits from this. I think our team was responsible for that. And these are long-term uh, commitments, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are. Okay, uh, very nice. Uh, do, do you have any future plans for yourself to go to get involved in a traditional VC? Uh, it's a possibility, it's a possibility. I don't rule out anything at any point in time. And venture is definitely an interesting space. Uh, so, but we'll see how things go there. Yeah. So Vivina, as we come uh, close to the end of our conversation, would you like to 
to have any final uh, words for our audience uh, with respect to uh, to your expertise in corporate VC mainly? So one thing I would say is uh, corporate investing has changed a lot over the years. If you look at 10 years back, corporate venture did not have a great reputation because it was looked at as flight capital. People did not really stay in the market long enough and did not support the startups and did not understand how startups uh, worked. It has changed significantly right now. Uh, today, corporate capital is actually quite attractive because corporates are willing to back what they're doing by giving access either to technology or to markets or to application understanding. So corporates understand that they have to bring value to the table. And also they understand working with startups is different from working internally within the corporate. So they understand their cultural changes. So all I would say to startups is don't be afraid of corporate capital. They can actually be your friend if it is played right. Obviously you have to think through who your partners are going to be, but if done well, then corporate venturing uh, could be an avenue uh, for startups to raise capital. And you think corporate venture is uh, big in other places of the world as well, or uh, is in San Francisco the, the, main, um, the main place where corporate venture happens? It's actually growing everywhere. Corporate venturing is growing all across the world. Uh, and that's been happening for the last three to five years significantly. And I expect this trend to continue as more and more corporates realize the value of partnering. Uh, there will be more capital which comes into the space. Vivin, it was a pleasure talking to you. We wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Thank you, George. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, I wish to talk to you in the future as well. You take care. Of course.